0: Heavenly Father, we're grateful for once again this day and this series which you have taught us what worship is and how we're to do so and preparing for it and all the various aspects of our corporate gatherings here on Sunday so that we may meet you and walk away knowing you and inspired to live the lives you've called us to live. I ask that you would wrap it up well, Holy Spirit, among us this day. And that, Lord God, you would do a wonderful work in each and every one of our hearts, so that, Lord, we would be such worshipers who worship you in spirit and truth. For your honor and glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You ever found yourself, you know, if you're a cable news, a cable subscriber, you know, scanning the one thing thousand five hundred channels you have and there's nothing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> How about Netflix? You know you pay a subscription to Netflix and you're going to go nah 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 and you just got nothing right? How about your music playlist? You're on the road and you whip out your Apple music your Spotify playlist, you've downloaded 3,000 songs and you go, nah, click next, nah, click next, nah, click next. I have 486 country music songs on my country music playlist. Not one. (laughs) Wasn't feeling it. I got 400 Christian songs, both worship An old-timey, you know, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant. (laughs) Nothing. I got 286 classic rock from the Beatles all the way to the Black Crows of the early 2000s. And yesterday, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't find a thing. I think this is why it is in our culture, ladies and gentlemen, because this is our culture. All right? Neil Postman, in his 1985 book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, prophetically warned. He wasn't even a believer as far as I can tell, but I would encourage you to go back and read it. It's an amazing read. He was concerned that our culture would decline and our public discourse would become a vaudeville act because of the way we receive information through the television, okay? He argued that it's destroying serious and rational public conversation and our educational system and our attention levels for our students, because previously for centuries had been sustained by the printing press prophetic. That was 33 years ago. In other words, quite frankly, we've become a, a nation and a culture throughout the West of consumers. Right? You know, and 60% of Americans believe that faith is merely a personal option. In other words, though the evidence might be clearly A, as stated in whatever is said I believe, I can believe be, and that's totally fine with our culture, even though they're diametrically opposed to one another. In other words, we have all have become, in the words of the poem Evictus, the captains of our soul. We've arrived there, and so therefore, when it comes to approaching Sunday mornings, we have to remember that, because that's what so many people approach this day as. We come through the doors and we say, this better be good you got, you got to give me something, right? Well, culture is culture. I, I accept that. But we have spent all fall as a Christian body discovering, rediscovering what worship is. What does it mean to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? We took week one and we discovered what worship is. We discovered that worship is something we do all the time. We just need to make sure that the target we're worshiping is the Lord Jesus Christ. Week two, we focused on why that's the case and why our worship should be directed toward Jesus because he is worthy of such worship and praise. And then we learned, week three, how we should worship. As we worship through Jesus Christ, we come not as perfect people. We come as people clothed with the righteousness of Christ just as we are And we come to the table each and every week for his honor and his glory. Week four, we discuss how we can prepare to make this day a special day. As opposed to where our culture says it's just another day of the week, throwing in all kinds of activities. No, the Lord's day is the Lord's day. And we learned that we are to love one another. Did you know there's over 50 one another's in the scriptures? Fifty one another's in the scriptures, not to mention bearing with one another, forgiving one another, ironing, sharpening iron one another, and loving one another. And so if there are more than fifty one another commands, that would call us to an intimate, radical, deep love for each other. Why would the thing we call church be something where we don't interact with one another? or even know one another. And so, given that reality, we, we took and we talked about the pace of our week, taking Sunday as the highlight of our week, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, reflecting upon how the Lord has spoken to us, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, preparing for this time to gather with the Lord. So, you're here. Well done, children! You know, you laid out your clothes, you got dressed, you got here. You didn't binge Netflix, I take it. You turned off your cell phone, right? Just turn it off. You know, don't put it on vibrate. Just turn it off for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. You won't miss it. You brought your Bible or you have the the text open in the back of your bulletin. And so last week, we learned that was all the fourth week, preparing, because it's intentional. You've got to be intentional about this stuff. And last week, where the rubber hit the road, right, we talked about, okay, so we talked about worshiping in song, and we had the gift of Brian come and teach us about what that means for us to worship in song, and man, did we sing well. It was great. Keep it up, team. Team. You know, you gotta, you got to fight those natural, res- even if you don't like the song. That's all right, because this isn't about us. You know, it, it doesn't even say our, our, our singing should be fun at times. But the reality is, as we start to engage our singing, oftentimes our hearts follow. And when we read these great words of these hymns and these songs that we sing, and we learned quite frankly, that we're to make a joyful noise. It didn't mean sing in tune. Uh, we're called to make a joyful noise. And some of us have bought into the lie of that first grade teacher, music teacher, who was misinformed, well intentioned, I guess, who told some of us, you can't sing. No, the Lord says you can sing, and to not sing is a sin. And number two, you're called to glorify the Lord even with your honker voice. So sing! Okay? I'm coaching them up. Alright? And so, we're all here and we're starting to sing. And today, we're going to look at the prayers that we pray together. With the intention to make sure that we're truly coming to the Lord with a humble heart and walk away each and every Sunday changed people. Because we at Christchurch come not with, all right, this better be good, impress me, attitude. We don't have any, you know, we're not sexy. You know, we have light bulbs, not light shows. When there's no fog machines, all right, and I lost my cool a long time ago, all right? And I'm going to be here for at least 19 more years, God willing, all right, and I'm going to get... Less cool by the day. (laughs) But I'm having more fun than I did 11 years ago. So when I'm 74, I hope to be having as much fun as I am now, if not more. Because these are, it's based on a pattern of ancient worship from the early church. It's simple. It's reverent. And it's life transforming if we will allow it to be. So let's look at some of these prayers today because they are intentional and they're there to help us know the Lord better and to love one another better. So if you're turning your bulletins, let's, let's turn to page three, if you have a small print bulletin. Page three. And we've labeled them today so that you would know what we mean when we say these words. As we come into every communion service, we pray a prayer called the Collect for Purity. A collect simply means in Middle English, collected prayers into one. Alright, that's all it means. And these collects were written very intentionally and they're placed in certain parts of the service very intentionally, like I said, so that we may know the Lord and approach Him reverently and intimately as God's people. And so the College for Purity was placed here. It's an ancient prayer. Thomas Cramer didn't write this. He said, oh, this is a good one because he was a liturgical genius. He pulled it out of some vault somewhere and said, we need to pray this as Anglican Christians. And what happens in every single collect we pray, my friends, is there is four or five elements going on here. First, there's an address. Almighty God, sometimes the year and the collect of the day, it's different aspects of the Trinity, all right? If it's Pentecost season early, we say Holy Spirit. During Trinity season, the early part, it's all three persons rolled into one, because that's who the Lord is mysteriously, right? And so there's an address of who God is, because we don't worship any God, we worship the definite article. God who exists. Secondly, there's an acknowledgement. An acknowledgement is an a aspect of God's character. And when we come into the worship, we say, To you, all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Why do you think he put that there? You're not hiding anything. You think you're coming in here as June? Isn't it great to have a Jamaican pray the Old Testament? Read. It just came alive for me because, oh, Isaiah is saying, these people who honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I'm going to work in them, he said. And sometime you just need a Jamaican to remind you in a graceful way, this is going to happen in you lame people. Because that's what's happening in Isaiah. He's saying to the the Old Testament people, your hearts are far away from me, and I'm going to work in even you. And we're not hiding anything from the Lord. He's holy, and yet he invites us to come to worship him. And so we have then a a petition after the acknowledgement. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that all the mess of our lives that we've brought in here today is welcome, number one, but two, we acknowledge that it needs, we need to get all those thoughts out of our, our, our minds so that we can think Christ's thoughts and what He would have for me in my life, not only today as I walk from here, but throughout my week, okay? But especially as we come to worship Him. And then, after the petition... Sometimes there is, and sometimes there's not, what we call an aspiration. It's known by the conjunction that, all right? And the College of Purity has an aspiration. That as we gather together, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. (laughs) You know, you go to a lot of worship services, that's not necessarily the aspiration, It's consumeristic. It's, I want to get something out of it for me and my own. But you know what? When we gather, it's not about about you. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. And that's what this is saying, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. And then there's a closing, because the closing has to be totally accurate, or it's called the pleading, through Christ our Lord. All right? That's what we pray each and every week. In morning prayer, we don't take one step out of the batter's box until we've prayed the entire confession, those of you who come to 11 o'clock. It's very similar. That's borrowed from the ancient synagogue. All right? And so that's what we do each and every week as we gather before. As we come to the Lord's table, we begin with putting it all aside and asking our worship to be glorifying to Him Then we have what's called the Collect of the Day, if you turn the page to page 4. The Collect for Purity is something we pray every week. The Collect of the Day changes each and every week according to where we are in the church calendar. The early church fathers, in their wisdom, created church calendars so that we could really take in the full counsel of God together as God's people throughout the 52 weeks of the year. And we are in the season of Pentecost, or it could be called the season of Trinity, or it could be called ordinary time. Either way, we continue to call it Pentecost here at Christ Church. And so what you find at this time of year are discipleship prayers. Prayers that would help us recognize who we are in Christ and how we can be obedient to his call. And we're to pray this every day throughout this week, starting on Sunday all the way through next Saturday. So when you have your own quiet time or personal worship time, dog ear this prayer and pray it out loud and put it in the first person to the Lord. And look what we we prayed. Set us free, loving Father, from the bondage of our sins, and in your goodness and mercy, give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. There was no aspiration there. There was a petition, and aspiration all put together. My friends, if we pray that, we start to believe it. Because I know I use that word abundant life a lot, because I know it. I'm living it. I'm grateful for everything Jesus has done for me. And I want you to know this too. And here we are. We prayed it today. Isn't it wonderful? Because to live in Jesus is freedom. Okay? I hate what I used to love. And I love now what I used to hate. And this is freedom. That's bondage. See what I'm saying? That's what we just prayed. Did you recognize that? You probably didn't. You're probably just glad to be here. You know? You're glad you got here and you're dressed. (laughs) You look good. You know? But some of us grew up with that rector who wasn't even a believer who prayed like this. Set us free, loving Father, from the bondage of our sins. And then you goodness and mercy, give us liberty, that abundant life which you have made known to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Liberty of that abundant life. Wait, he's made it known to us in Jesus Christ. Do you, do you pray that, call it to the day like that? Good. The rest of you all need to get it like Abby. This is the point. This is exalted language, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, in my own personal prayer time, don't pray like this. At the Reformation, as the Reformers, this is one of the colics of Thomas Cranmer that he wrote. He was trying to get the street language of the day above the street language of that day, so that God's people would know Jesus better and know biblical truths about who he is. And you can't do that just by coming once a month or once every other month. You need the drip, drip, drip of letting the collect of the day each and every week as it chains form you because God's word forms us, okay? So... That's that one. But, you know, let's look, at, let's look at Gene's personal favorite. Okay? The second Sunday of Advent. Our old outfit put this in the end of Pentecost season, which sometimes we never got to it, so we never prayed it. Did you know that? Thank God our prayer book committee put it back where it belongs in the second Sunday of Advent because when Christmas comes, we celebrate the Word Incarnate, Right? Okay, so on the second Sunday of Advent, I remember my rector praying this and said, wait, wait, do we believe that? And he made us pray it twice. Where we prayed, Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given to us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that amazing? The theology, you could have a whole sermon just on that collect that we hear the Scripture, read the Scripture, mark the Scripture. And inwardly digest. Talk about meditation. That you, you, you just can't just, you don't get this stuff anywhere else. you got to come here at an inconvenient time on Sunday morning to get this. All right? This is great. Because it's life changing. That by patience and the comfort of your holy word. Meaning, you're not going to get this osmosis. You're going to have to work at this. We teach our kids that school is mandatory and church is option. We get it exactly backward. God is not an option for your children. Because one day, we will all appear before the Lord. Okay? And he's not going to be an option then. All right? So this is even more important, I would suggest, as we come and worship the Lord together. Last collar to the day that I'd like to go over. The third Sunday of Epiphany. We pray this each and every year. Give us grace, O Lord, to readily answer the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and to proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. When's the last time you shared your faith with somebody? Did you know we pray all throughout Epiphany that we would be evangelists? Yeah, there's some people who have the gift of evangelism, but we're all called to do it. But you had Father Glouspunf, Father, you know, 35 years ago, who prayed as if the liturgy were dead and didn't pray it together. He prayed for you because he was the professional, right? No, it's the priesthood of all believers. And we come together and we pray that God would give us the grace to answer the call to proclaim the gospel each and every day of our lives. Because you know what? Anglicans are evangelical people. And we are called to share the faith, each and every one of us. And if you don't go saying to me, I don't know how. You have ample opportunities. You know Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, use it. You know express your faith, use it. We're going to have another workshop in the spring. If you're not confident with the word of God and sharing it, come to the Bible workshop. We do all these things to equip the saints for the work of ministry to which we've been called. All right? So therefore, we pray this liturgy, and it forms us to be the people we've been called to be here in our community. Turn the page into the communion section. Another wonderful prayer which we pray together as we approach the Lord's table is what is affectionately called the prayer of humble access. This is pure Thomas Kramer, who's going to be our reformer of the year next week. He wanted to make sure as God's people came to the Lord's table, they understood what they were doing. And they're not coming thinking that they honestly deserve this. So we pray this each and every week. Page 12, 12, sir. Page 12. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your abundant and great mercies. And then a highly offensive phrase. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. Wait a second. We live in a high self-esteem culture. Well, God says, you are my people. I am a holy God. The only righteousness you have is that which I give you. Okay? And we are not worthy so much as gather. But you are the same Lord whose character is always to have mercy. That's good news. The gospel has just been proclaimed. We're praying the gospel as we're coming to the Lord's table. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Wait, 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 wait. I thought it's just bread and wine. No. Anglicans have historically believed... That as we pray over the elements that the Lord in a mysterious way, I have no idea, makes it flesh and blood. It's a spiritual presence that we believe. And those of us who come with prepared hearts and in true faith benefit. Those who don't come with true faith do not benefit at all. And if they continually do it according to the scripture, they're taking it to their condemnation. No, we believe it's flesh and blood. But the whole point is that we come, we get that our sinful bodies may be cleaned by his body and our souls washed through his blood and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. We've just prayed the gospel. It's a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Last prayer that we pray together. Page 16. Two elements to this prayer. Number one, we're grateful for him feeding us and that we get to recognize that we're part of the body of Christ. And next, we're called to be missionaries. You are God's missionaries. You go out from here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food. Hello. Spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Neither did you. Yet, we're part of the body of Christ. Each and every one of us have a part to play. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, which is to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord, to give to you to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Had an older member of our congregation come to me about a year ago and goes, We don't believe that prayer. I go, what do you mean? Well, nobody calls my friend. Nobody calls my friend. I go, well, how many friends does this person have? Let me ask you that. You know, I'll be glad to call your friend. Well, I'm not talking about you and Bob. We we're supposed to do the word God's given us to do, and nobody calls her. I go, well, maybe we need to talk to her friends because that's part of doing the loving work that he's called us to do is to love one another. And there's some who can't even get here. Do they know, number one? And if they do know, they do need to call because that's part of loving one another, right? But that's not all we do. Faithful witnesses, the Greek word for witness is martyrion. What does that sound like? Martyr. Meaning, we die to ourselves as we go out where we live, where we work, where we play, and we serve the Lord above all. For to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory. Amen. My friends, as we pray these prayers, as we sing this way, as we have prepared hearts, we understand what it is and why it is and how it happens now. Man, mean, that's authentic Christ-centered worship, and that is truly inspiring. And that will form us right along to what we say in our membership covenant, that Christ Church is a people who are devoted to the Scripture, that, where everyone is discipling and discipling others because that's what we're all called to do every single one of us, discipling ourselves and discipling others. Two, we're devoted to fellowship, which means hanging out together, meeting in various small groups, either in homes or here, wherever. We're devoted to it. We're devoted to being people who prioritize this day and worship in spirit and truth together. We're devoted to prayer in our individual worship times and corporately. We're devoted to confessing our sins personally and together as we gather. We're devoted to using and expressing our gifts and sharing the good news of Jesus. And as we do all those things, that's our membership covenant. That's what we say we will do. And this gathering, very simple as it is, we would see a regular multiplication of churches all over our area. Communicating the message that you don't have to be perfect here. Because there are no perfect people here. You come as you are, but we pray you're going to see a perfect Savior and leave different than you came. Because that's what happens to me. I pray it happens in your life. Because such a people, from the sermons to the music to the gathered to the ushers and greeters, creates an atmosphere of joy, expectancy, and hospitality. All of a sudden, someone comes in here and says, man, there's something going on here. Why are people so excited here? i got to come back for more of this. See, this isn't just any playlist. This is the person and work of Jesus Christ in a believer's life. And as we come to meet him each and every week, my friends, and worship him in spirit and truth, we will discover... And rediscover the true meaning of our lives. The joy that comes through a relationship with him. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Resting in him despite our circumstances. With the life abundant and life eternal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful once again for this day that you are shaping us into a people which marvel at the reality of who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for the gift of simple worship. And Lord, that as we gather each and every Lord's day, that you would transform us into your image. We would be such a people who are devoted to the scripture, devoted to prayer, devoted and committed to this time every Sunday morning, devoted to ministering and knowing one another, devoted to confessing our sins, devoted to serving you. Lord, may the good news of Jesus permeate our lives as we worship so that you be glorified in each and every one of us in your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.